The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, what is your greatest fear and why? We all have fear. What's yours? Losing love, money, or security? For me, that's yes, all of the above. Are you afraid of people because they seem selfish or hurtful? Oh, yeah. Do you fear failing, getting old, or dying? Yes. Are you afraid to walk in your neighborhood or go home to an abusive parent or spouse? Not now. (laughs) Are you anxious about a decline in your health or your mind? Oh, yeah. Life can be scary, and it's always unpredictable. We are vulnerable. We may be fine one moment and then not the next. But while fear is normal, it's sometimes irrational or exaggerated. Or it can be so chronic, anxiety becomes our habitual state of mind. And we don't even see it anymore, but eat or drink over it. Let's talk openly about fear. Do we deny it, give in to it, or try to ignore it? Are we ashamed of it? Can we trace its origin? Can we overcome it? On this show, call and ask Beth's help and go to our Inside Out post-show forum where we can all support one another. You can do this by going to the link on the right side of the host page. Don't be alone. Don't be alone with fear. Don't stuff it and don't be dominated by it. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hi, everybody. Well, when uh, James reminded me what our topic was today, I said, oh, my God, what is my greatest fear? See, I'm so busy tuning in. I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to say, yeah, that's it, or no, that's not it. But then I have to face myself, you know, what is my greatest fear? And I'm not sure. I think I have quite a few. But I want to tell you that so many of us don't even want to admit that we have fear or that we're afraid. Have you ever noticed that? You know, people say, oh, yeah, I can handle this, or... It's really, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Well, very often it's not okay, or at least we are not okay with it. So first I'd like to mention that fear is natural. Fear is normal. Fear is human. Fear is necessary. Now, for those of you who don't know why fear is necessary, (laughs) who think that fear is the enemy, well, I have a favorite example that came to mind years ago, which is if you're sitting on the railroad tracks and you're watching the train coming towards you, if you don't have fear, you'll probably sit there and you'll be dead. See? See what I mean? (laughs) And on the other hand, if you have too much fear, you'll become paralyzed and you won't be able to get off the tracks and you'll still be dead. So (laughs) we, we need to have fear, but we need to have a fear as information Like, what? Oh, yeah, there's a danger there. We should do something about it. So fear should be information that there's something wrong. But sometimes fear becomes a state of mind. And everything seems scary. Oh, my God. 
Mary Jo looked at me funny today. Oh my God, what does that mean? Do you know do you know what I'm talking about? I mean the silliest things or what are you gonna think of me? Or uh, you know, very few of us are really facing the daily fear of bombardments, but some of us are. I mean, there are people out there who are living in societies that are in war zones. I mean, there is a lot to be afraid of. Some of us live in neighborhoods that are war zones, and there's a lot to be afraid of. Some of us have abusive parents or spouses that we have a reason to be afraid of. Some of us live in totalitarian countries, and there's lots to be afraid of. I mean, there's all kinds of things to be afraid of. And that's, that fear is reasonable. But you know what happens? After a while, even when there is a legitimate foundation for our fear, we can become, I would say, chemically acclimated to being fear. When I say chemically acclimated, I mean that our bodies that are, now don't quote me on the science, please, ever. But you know, there is probably some chemicals that go out and into our bodies and say, fear, fear, danger, danger, you know. Well, what happens when that just gets so carried away that when we're looking at something like, I don't know, a piece of uh, a peanut, you know what I mean? (laughs) If we have a fear, we can become afraid of everything. Our bodies can be afraid of exercise. We can be afraid of risk. We can become afraid of living. So let's talk about fear. Let's not deny that we have it. And let's not justify it. Let's not justify it stopping us from doing things that are really important. So many times we, if we ask ourselves, okay, well, why am I afraid of that? And then why am I afraid of that? And what's the why am I afraid of whatever it is that is why I'm afraid of whatever it is? We really come down to fear of death. It's like, oh my God, I won't survive if, okay, I didn't, uh, I'm not wearing the latest style. So what? Well, I'm feeling anxious. Why? Because uh, I will be uh, seen as a loser by my friends. And so what? Well, I may be thrown out of the tribe and I'll be alone. And so what's going to happen? Well, I can't cope by myself. You see, and that comes down to a fear of death. So I'd like us to really look at the topic of fear. Get honest. Do you suffer from chronic fear that no longer has any foundation? Do you pretend that you don't have any? And are you willing to take a look at what your fears are with us today? So, James, ask me because maybe I'll be able to figure it out right here on the air if you ask me, just like I would ask one of our callers. What is my greatest fear? Okay, I'll Ask do that. Me. Okay. Hey, Beth, what is your greatest fear? I have no idea. Well, I know what mine is. What is yours? Fear of being taken by surprise by problems that arise from within me, particularly concerning physical health as well as my uh, brain functioning. Oh, you mean so it's, it's a fear of your own deterioration. Yes, because I'm, I'm on the downside of the aging process. Ooh. And so it's a slippery slope down there. And uh, uh, so stuff keeps happening that surprises me. It says, oh, my God. You know, they, they, there's an old saying, the, uh, the wheels are coming off. 
Well, my God. Uh, so I, I had a detached retina in my left eye. I had a cataract in my right eye and a cataract in my left eye before that. These just crept up on me, and all of a sudden, Jesus, I got a problem here. Need surgery. Um, stuff like that, as well as uh, lapses, mental lapses, mm-hmm. which tell me, oh, my God, the brain isn't firing like it used to. Yes, uh, and all of these things leave you vulnerable. Yes. And make you less functional, part, yes. perhaps, or make you less valuable in society, and so nobody will yeah. want you, and so you'll be dead. Plus, of, as a man, I'm, I'm not supposed to admit fear. I'm, I'm oh, supposed yeah. to be brave, courageous, and I'm yeah. never going to admit fear and give, uh, give, give an opening, an admission of weakness uh, out there for others. Yeah. So, so that, that makes it doubly hard. Yeah, that's, that's really serious. Or if you had a parent who was particularly stoic and didn't act fearful at all. Oh, my God. Well, as you were talking, you know, something did come to me. And I'm going to speak very briefly because we already have a caller. And I'd like to introduce her in a minute. But I think my greatest fear is somewhere in between that nobody will listen to the warning of how we are hurting ourselves. And my other fear is that I'm going to hurt somebody. Mm. And I would say probably my greatest fear is that I'm going to hurt somebody. And see, that's a guarantee. You know, I'm going to hurt somebody. I, I may actually hurt them, or they may only think that I've hurt them. Or hurt their feelings. Right. Hurt their feelings. And they think I've really hurt them, but I haven't really. But, uh, you know, because I'm really just calling them to awareness. But I, I do have a fear that I will damage someone and, uh, and I, I mean, I think I, what that fear really is that I'm afraid of the shame that I would feel if I hurt someone. So maybe it's not even the hurting them themselves that I'm afraid of, that it's afraid of the shame that can be so overwhelming if I hurt someone. And let me just quickly throw in the other one about people not listening. You know, there we are. We're seeing our world, and there's so many problems, and there's so much pain in it. And I'm supposed to be a spiritual teacher, and I'm supposed to be offering people help, right? right. Well, supposing I don't know how to help. Or I can't help, or supposing I do know how to help and nobody's listening. So, speaking <laughs> of nobody listening, we have somebody listening. Right now, I'd like to invite on Amy from San Diego. Amy, welcome to Inside Out. Thank you, Beth. I was going to say something that's very similar to what James said, so I'm not sure what I can add other than um, just fear of noticing physical um, decline wondering if there's going to be mental decline and living alone and wondering how that's going to turn out. Ooh, well, I think that's a, that's a different slant on it than what James brought in because he's not living alone. Um, uh, yes. You know, I think that's a very important thing. You know, we live in a world that is very fearful because we are so isolated. You know, you're not in a tribe. You're not in an extended family. Now, maybe being in an extended family or even a nuclear one can, did I say nuclear? Nuclear. You did. One. <laughs> I did. <laughs> nuclear. Yes. Uh, a lot of dysfunctional families are nuclear. Absolutely. <laughs> and not only that, but this is, I think yesterday was Hiroshima Day or today is Hiroshima Day. 
or uh-huh. tomorrow is him ashamed. <laughs> I do not have a good memory at all. And I'm not making a joke out of Hiroshima Day. I'm just making a joke of the fact that I can't remember. Well, you were but, only born. You were only born that year, so we don't expect you to remember that. Oh, event. that's good. But uh, <laughs> anyway, talk about something coming out of the blue. You know, get, can you imagine those people walking around, and then all of a sudden, a, a nuclear bomb drops on their society? Nobody even knows what the what that's going to be like and what the outcome is going to be, and nobody realizes how radiation is going to help people in the future. So, yeah, there's a tremendous uh, number of things to fear. And, and being alone without that extended family means you only have your own resources to rely on or you've got to have lots of money in the bank to hire people or you've got to make somebody feel really sorry for you. <laughs> 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 and that doesn't work out very well either. And let me just ask you one more question, Amy. That fear, do you think you have a particular slant because you're a woman? The fear of falling apart physically? Um, I must if you ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, something, something is already coming to me. Which is that women, when we fall apart, we're not as good-looking as we used to be. Oh, I see. See, if you're an old... think of it from that perspective. I was thinking it from the perspective of safety, but, you know, you're right. Uh, Well, that's a good point, too. But, you know, just think about it, Amy. If you're an old guy and you have lots of money in the bank, you could still probably find a wife. But if you're an old woman and you're crippled and you don't look very good, you know, why is a guy going to marry you if you can't cook? And if he does, and you can't attract him, and you're not going to clean up after him, so <laughs> I did. Do that anyway. <laughs> I know James did. That is true. God bless him. But there aren't too many. So many yeah. women are afraid of losing physical capacities because they can't perform on any of the levels they think are valuable to ever get that mate who's supposed to take care of you. Right. So I'm not sure what what to add to that other than wondering, am I going to work my entire life because I don't have a lot of savings? How's that going to work out? Oh, yeah. I am that. What if I still have to be working and I can't? (laughs) So lots of years like that, just being on the street. (laughs) Well, um, you know, this is perfect because you're really such a fabulous example of how many fears we can possibly have, some of which are entirely <laughs> legitimate, I would say. So um, what I would say is keep hanging on here for the show, and let's say if we can, see if we can learn to deal with those fears. Thank you so much, Amy, for calling, being so honest. God bless. Thank you. Okay, I see we have another caller, but we are also going to commercial break. So why don't we go to our break first, and we'll come back to our caller as soon as we come back. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. 
Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back. Well, we've already had a wonderful call from Amy who uh, was bringing up one fear, which is the, the loss of capacities, physical capacities, but we were seeing all the implications that that had, I mean, even without going to great depth, how many things that that one fear is associated with. And now we have our next caller is Elizabeth from Fallbrook. Hi. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to Inside Out. Thank you. Um, well, I, I have a fear of Loss of love or not getting love. Yes. And also another fear of that humanity as a whole is not going to evolve our consciousness. Yes. We're going to just keep killing each other. Yes. And and not learn from our mistakes. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. I am that. I have all of those fears. But believe it or not, I think you have a greater fear. Yeah. See, I bet some of the people out there are afraid to call inside out because they're afraid I'm going to say, no, that's That's not it. it. That's not it. And I'm going to embarrass them on the air. And speaking of being embarrassed on the air, I, too, have been having a lot of cognitive impairment. has to do with my health, my age, my fatigue level. And I have a fear that I am not going to remember how to speak English on the air. (laughs) And I already did it. And what's even funnier... (laughs) So I'm telling you this story for a reason. I was a nuclear family, right? Nuclear family, nuclear warfare. Is it the same word? I think so. Aha! So no, there I it is. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, and I'm sitting there petrified that I used the wrong nuclear. But mm. uh, I don't know where, why that is. That is cognitive impairment. I already did it on the air. And guess what? The sky, I survived. (laughs) (laughs) The sky did not fall. You didn't even know that I was afraid that I couldn't remember the right. That's because I'm making so many flubs these days. (laughs) And And I don't see a mob at the gate as I look out the window here. uh, (laughs) (laughs) See, that's not a good thing either, James, because that means (laughs) they're not bringing me flowers. They're not coming and saying, Beth, we love you. 
We love you. We love you. You know, if, if you want to tell me you love me, you know what you should do is go to BethGreen.org, B-E-T-H-G-R-E-E-N, and take a look at our website. There is a post show. I'm giving Elizabeth time to think and meditate as I'm babbling. Uh, on the right side of the page, you'll see these links, and one of the links is to our post-show forum. So you can get involved in the conversation later if you can't call in now. And if you, that's on our host page. But if you go to BethGreen.org, you see I flubbed that. That's on the host page, guys. But if you go to BethGreen.org, you get to see all the things that I'm doing and that I'm involved in, and so is James. And one of the things is we're having a retreat in September, in mid-September, and we could meet. You could be here in Oregon, and we could play together and have this wonderful creativity beyond ego retreat. It's a weekend. Or, or you can or we do can it meet over the internet. Yes, we are meeting a whole bunch of people on the internet. We have groups of people in Southern California who are meeting, and you can be the Lone Ranger and do it. It's going to be two days. It's very, very fun, very fabulous. So go to BethGreen.org and check out that retreat. And next week, I'll tell you about the women's retreat that's coming up too. Okay, Elizabeth, have I stalled long enough? <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, I have a current situation that just came up today, and that's fear of getting sued. Ooh. Okay. Th- now, it, you're on the track. It isn't that you're actually afraid you're going to get sued. I doubt that you have resources that, they're, that they could attach. But mm-hmm. that, I mean, maybe you do. Okay, but most of us don't have much to lose anyway. You know, it's so funny that we're afraid of being sued. But there is something associated with that that uh, I think you could get to in your heart. It's beginning, I'm beginning to get a thought about it, by the way. Well, the thought that comes up is uh, the loss of of trust. Mm. You mean that you would lose trust or that people would lose trust in you? Others lose trust in me. I think you're on it now because, see, what I was getting, I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show what I was talking about, my greatest fear, and one of my greatest fears is that I will hurt somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I hurt somebody, then I will feel shame, and that's what I'm really afraid of. Well, mm-hmm. not that I want to hurt them either, but I think that if you get sued, that's like a public statement that you have hurt me. And you would be devastated if somebody could demonstrate that you hurt them. Mm-hmm. And so let me go to the why under the why, right? Is why would okay. it be so devastating to you if it were asserted or even proved that you had hurt somebody? Mm-hmm. How would you feel? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I can feel it. I can just feel it as I say these words to you, that you would just feel like you'd want to kill yourself. I'm not saying you would kill yourself, but I mean, that's like the first feeling that comes up for me for you. And it's totally devastated. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's words. You can't, I can't find words for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can be hard on myself and take that a million times, yeah. <laughs> multiply that by a million times, and that's how I would feel. Yes. 
So I, I bet you, Elizabeth, that uh, you have something in your past, I mean, very formative experience, that makes you afraid of anybody being able to demonstrate that you hurt somebody. And what was it? Why do you think that is so devastating to you? Something. Uh, I'm having some, a hard time holding on to the words. <laughs> okay, something from the beginning of, probably from the beginning of your very existence. Okay. The beginning of my existence where I was afraid of. That you had hurt somebody. That I would hurt somebody. Or that you did hurt somebody. See, how many of us feel like we were unwanted and that our very existence hurt other well, people, right? Well, as soon as you say that, that, you know, because I, I wasn't, I felt I wasn't wanted. And so if I am born um, that, you know, I would hurt my mom yes. or my family that, you know, okay, here yeah. I come, whether you want me or not. Yes, exactly. So you have the shame of existence, and it's really, really, really multiplied uh, because you were, you know, under question, it was questionable whether or not you were wanted or you really know you were not wanted. And so it's, it's like that's so toxic, your cup is already full. You can't put in one more thing that you did. <laughs> you know, it's too much. It would just, you have to atone forever for the fact that you've already hurt people just by existing. Well, you know, it's really difficult to live life without hurting anybody. So if you're scared to, to create any kind of damage to anyone, it will paralyze you. I have to go, hon, because we've got another caller uh, on hold. But I hope that that helped you, and I hope you took in what I meant. Yes, I understand. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, and lots of us, by the way, have had that experience that we, you know, that we feel, and through no fault of our own, that we already feel like we hurt somebody. And as a result of that, we can't bear the idea of, having, of doing it again because we could just about tolerate the way we're feeling about ourselves now. So next we have Anne from California. Welcome to Inside Out, Anne. Thank you. Hello. Hello. I related a lot to the last caller and it might have something to do with mine, but I just, um, I'm sorry I missed the beginning. I'm visiting a friend, but um, I'm imagining we're talking about what our greatest fear is. Yes, right? yes. So that's something I want to get clarity on. And I, the word that came to my mind when I thought about the question was, I'm afraid of being forgotten, which is like a weird. Oh, thought. but that's not weird. <laughs> but, like, that, when I asked myself that question, that's the word that came in. It, like, really felt, like, true. And Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I, it's like, I'm always well, trying to stay connected to people and wanting, you know, to know yes. that people haven't forgotten about me. I don't know. Well, I would say that um, the fear of being forgotten is the fear of being of being lost as a child, that mm-hmm. if you are forgotten, then nobody is taking care of you. Yeah. And that's amazingly core fear. I mean, think of yourself as yeah. an infant, as a child. 
You can't survive. See, we've been talking about these as, as being survival. Uh, many of them are yeah. survival-oriented. Yeah. And you cannot survive if you're forgotten. So you, yeah. you must feel on some level. Now, I'm going to ask you one more question, um, which is go deep into yourself. Don't come up with some story that you've already said a hundred times because I know intuitively that that's not going to be it. All right. What do you, when you say fear of being forgotten, when were you really forgotten that would have triggered this fear in you that has stayed with you? Mm-hmm. Wow. I feel like it's like, this is new. It's something like I feel like my dad left, like he forgot about me. No, it's way before then. This is oh. going to come as a surprise to you. Mm. I have no idea what it is, but I know whatever it is, you haven't thought of it. Mm. Do you, you know, this is what I'd like to do because we have another caller on yeah. hold. I would like you to, to hang up and call back because I have no other way to handle this. I'm going to go yeah. on to my next caller. Call back and meditate on this question. I want you to come back because I want to help you. And say again, it's, it's when I was forgotten? Yes. When do you feel like you were forgotten? Okay. Really forgotten. And I, I, I just, I know it's something that you've never thought of. Okay. Thank you. Okay, great. Just, so, okay. don't, just hang up now and call back in a minute. Okay. And our next caller is Joanne from Iowa. Hello. Welcome, Joanne. Thank you. I think you're our first Iowan calling. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay, are you a native Iowan? I am. Oh, my God. That's even better. <laughs> and I like it here, which not everybody seems to. <laughs> oh, my. I like that. So, Joanne, how can I help you? Welcome to Inside Out. Thank you. Um, well, I've been listening to the call and trying to figure out my own fears. Yes. And, of course, I started the list, and then I'm wondering if any of them are really accurate. Yes. So the one that seems to stick out to me starts with... Um, always having to be in control, not being able to let go. Yes. And I kind of feel like maybe, I don't know if it's a judgment thing or if it's a mis, I don't know, misconception of a loss of freedom. If you're not in control? Well, yeah, let I'm me, really okay, sure. Joanna, are you game? You know what Inside yeah. Out is like, right? I ask people questions. You've heard our show before. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So I love on. it when a huh? I love it when bring a new person calls. There, yeah, they're over. Oh, bring it on. All right, <laughs> I'm just going to ask you some questions and and uh, see what spontaneously comes to mind. And I'm really here to help. Okay, all right. What uh, control of what? Uh, really, I'd say everybody else and what they're doing. Okay, that is not it. Dump that. I know that's okay. what you, th- I think you're thinking that you're trying to control other people, but that is not it. So what I'm going to, I'm just going to ask you this question again, you're af- and just see what pops into your mind. Joanne, you're afraid of the loss of control of what? Um... It's something internal, like it could be the control of your sexuality, your control of your temper, control of your hunger. I mean, any wild thing that comes to mind. What do you, in yourself, you're afraid of the loss of control of what? 
What about the first you? The thing that came to mind was my own independence. You're afraid but you're going to lose don't control think that's of it. your independence? Nah. You're getting close, though. Take a breath. It's, it's hard when you're on the air. You know, you, feel, you might be feeling pressured. Right. So don't worry. Uh, control of the way you look to others. Uh, control. Oh, there are so many things that we could be afraid of losing control over. Mm-hmm. Your anger. Maybe it's um, how I'm viewed by others. Yes. That's okay. the one that I was <laughs> that I was getting all the energy around. <laughs> that you're afraid of the loss of control of how people perceive you. All right, very good. Now let's take step two, which is, and what are you afraid of? If so, so you lose control over people's perceptions of you. What mm-hmm. are you afraid they're going to think of you? Um, first thing was just that they're not going to like me. So okay, but it's worse around. than. Worse than that. <laughs> Probably the loss of their love then. Uh, but yes, More? you're afraid that you're going to lose their love. You're absolutely right about that. But what are you afraid they're going to th- they're, they're think or see about you? Because you're afraid you're going to lose control of their perception of you. Um, that I'm not a good person? Yes. Okay, because that, that's what came. That's right. You did it. <laughs> and so... You're afraid that people are going to think you're not a good person. Now, I'm going to, to put this in another way, um, and because, not because I believe this, but because you do. Okay. okay. You're afraid that people are going to know you're not a good person because if you thought you were a good person, deep down, completely, that wouldn't even come to mind. Right. Do you see what I mean? You're afraid of being exposed. And why do you think, if you don't mind taking this a step further, let's go for it. Let's why, go. <laughs> why, are you, why do you think you're not a good person? Go deep inside you. Um, I would say basically like the thoughts that I have and maybe that it's, they're not mm-hmm. so nice or sometimes I can be selfish. Ooh, yes. Kind of, yeah, things that are viewed negatively in society. Yes. And yes. the fact that I don't, at the end of that, I don't really care that I think that way or feel that way. It's like, well, eh, too bad, I mean, they, too bad for you kind of thing. Yeah, but you don't really feel that way because you're sitting there feel afraid. That that way. That that <laughs> but I'm afraid they'll think I do feel that way. <laughs> so, okay, so you think you have bad thoughts. Or that you're selfish. Now, which, which has more energy for you? Bad thoughts or selfish? Selfish. Supposed to, selfish. That's it. Mm-hmm. And now, who do you think, when you were growing up, was thinking, feeling, or even said that you were selfish? Um, I don't have any actual memories of that. Yes. But for some reason, my sister came to mind. Okay. Let go of your sister. Okay. It's, I mean, yes, of course, your sister thought you were selfish. Siblings always think that they're, <laughs> you know what I mean? what I'm thinking, too. It was normal. Yeah. yeah, but this is bigger, this is a deeper thing and, and more significant for you. Who was it in your childhood who either thought you were selfish or said you were selfish? And it doesn't, they may never have said it, Joanne, but mm-hmm. you could feel it from them. Who was it? And I'll tell you if it's right. So don't take, you okay. know, don't worry about taking a chance. Okay. Um, 
My initial thought is my mom. It is one my of mother. My, okay. Because I was say, I think it's one of my parents, but I, I gravitated more towards my mom. Absolutely. It's your mother. And why would you, th- why would you think that your mother thought you were selfish? Mm, well, thank God she's not listening, but <laughs> yeah. um, probably from the attention I got from my dad. Yes. Rather than her. Yes. So you're saying that you, you went to your dad for attention. Yeah. And that made her feel? Not loved. Yes. Mm-hmm. And did you have a good reason to go to your dad for attention? Um, I think I was not getting it from her. Right, or weren't getting it in a form that really fed you. exactly, in the form I thought I should have gotten it. That's right. So you went to your dad. And how did it make her feel? Um, I just think it made her feel unworthy. Yes. And and you knew that. It's just just coming to me. So I don't have yeah. any memories to go with it, and I don't remember her ever saying I was selfish no, or anything along those lines, but it makes sense. It does. It does. You're absolutely right. And you felt that uh, she was hurt, but mm-hmm. now is your mother the kind of person who would tell you that she was hurt? or? Uh, no, you have to read between the lines. I mean, she'll tell you because she has a lot of guilt and she worries a lot, but she always um, masks it with, wanting to make sure everybody else is okay, so she puts them before herself. But I know yes. that there's something bubbly underneath there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so now you're getting very close to the close of this, which is, and why um, would your mother be so hurt by you just having an affinity for your dad? Um, well, I don't know if this is the answer, but this is what I've thought all these years is just that She's the kind of person that really, because of what happened to her in her childhood, needs love to feel yes. validated. Yes. And yes. she wasn't getting that from him while I was yes. growing up. And, you know, they always said that I was the favorite child. And, you know, he had a lot of his own issues. He had addictions and stuff like that. Who, and your so, dad? Yeah, my your, dad. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't have got that regardless of me. But I think oh. because I got it and the other two didn't, my siblings, yes. like I did, I think mm-hmm. that probably just kind of drove it home for her. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. And so this is such a common situation. You would yeah. be, you know, what you're sharing is going to help a lot of people, Joanne, because a lot of people have had this very situation. Mm-hmm. So the mother feels jealous and the siblings feel jealous. Everybody feels yep. jealous of you getting the attention, even though the father may be a drunk or an addict or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, but still he is the man. He is the man in the family yeah. and everybody wants it. So the feeling that's coming out at you is how dare you go for what you need when we're not getting what we need. Yeah. And, and that so carries you, through to today too for all of us. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm still going to get what I need and they're not always getting what they need. Okay, so there it is. So there's the pattern right there. And the mm-hmm. feeling, the fear is that somebody is just going to say to you, you are so selfish. 
Okay, so James, okay. I want you to join me. We're going to do this right now on the air in front of everybody. We're going to tell uh, Joni that she is so selfish. Joanne. Okay. Joanne. <laughs> Didn't I tell you I was kind of okay? I can't remember anything. I cannot okay. remember names. I it's thought I was pretty good that I remembered J-O. Okay. Hey, you did well. It's a nickname, so you picked the right one. All right. Okay, James. All right, James. We can't delay this. All right, together, let's say, you are... You are so selfish. selfish. <laughs> oh, it seems so trivial. <laughs> so, okay, now can you laugh? I can. And you, you know the way the way to answer that is you are so right. Right. Just oh, say it. You're it so right. And move on. Yeah, and so are you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I feel so am I. <laughs> We're all selfish. Honey, uh, I can't stay on much longer, uh, but I've got to tell you this, that we are all selfish. If you ever, you know, ever got interested in my book, Living with Reality, you'll see that the first platform is becoming oneness. It's like we are all the same. We are Mm -hmm. all desperate to have our needs met, and we feel guilty, and we feel, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, and you are just a normal human being, and all of those horrible negative things that you have in your mind that you think are you're afraid of people finding out everybody else thinks that way too and so if people in the world got more honest with one another we would have a lot less craziness now i'm not saying that we should not look at our self-centeredness. In fact, it's very important that we look at it and we say, okay, is there some way that I can support you too? Or is there some way that I can help you to get your needs met also? But that doesn't come by giving up what we need in order to meet the needs of other people. It means that we need to start looking at all of our relationships, see how they can work better so that everybody gets their needs met. Honey, I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart. I can see you as a little girl. If anybody had offered you a way for everybody to be happy, you would have grabbed it. Yep, I would have. You would have loved it. You're not selfish. You just had needs just like the rest of us. And unfortunately, we do not yet live in a mutually supportive world. And that's what we're working on here. And God bless you and thank you so much for calling. Thank you so much. We need to go to our station break. Uh, but I'm happy to say that Anne has called back and we'll come back to her uh, as soon as we, are, we get back from break. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. 
Again, that's BethGreen.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi, welcome back. So we have two callers left who are already on hold. We're not going to be able to take any more calls today. If you have something to share, please go to our post show forum. You can do it by blog. You can do it on the phone. Read all about it. Click on the link and read all about it. And the, and the link is on the host page of Inside Out. Our next caller is Annie, who we asked to call back. Annie, welcome back. Did something Thank come you. to you? Something came to me, but now, but you said it was supposed to be way earlier than my dad leaving, but this, the memory I had was, um, um, it's like with preschool or daycare. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I have this memory of like being in this tire. Like I, it was, like, they had this big like wagon wheel tire thing that you could go, and I know I used to go in there to be by myself. And I'm wondering if, I got forgotten in there or something. Okay, let me tell you what that is. That's a symbol. That is a symbol of something that's very interesting, And You went in by yourself, but you really didn't want to be left alone. And it's like you were trying to speak to the world. It, it happened many times earlier. It was, this was just a symbol. So see okay. if you can understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. You would withdraw in order to get people to come after you. Oh, you did yeah. not want to be, for, and you were afraid that if you withdrew, they would just forget you and they wouldn't come after you because mm-hmm. you did not know how to articulate the pain you were in and what was wrong. And there were all kinds of reasons for that, which I can't go into on the air today because <laughs> we're running out of time. But I really want you to think about that. So to, because this is incredibly important, you know, how many times do you withdraw really wanting someone to come after you? I do that all the time. All right. I mean, that's what I do. I mean, yes. Yeah, so that's so. What your greatest fear is that the very way that you're trying to call on for support is going to backfire, because and that is going to prove that you really aren't that important. Because the way, so I think under that is a fear that you are not important. Yeah. And you see what I mean. And so yeah. you're always testing that out. Gotta go, uh-huh. honey. But thank that's you so great. much for thank calling. You. Great that you, you. called back. And our final caller today is Helen from San Diego. Hi, Helen. Welcome to Inside Out. Hi, Beth. I'm not sure I have mine, but it's um, something about surrendering to reality. Uh. (laughs) Ah. I really felt that when you said that. Me too. I'm afraid of reality and that I have no vote. Yes, that was the first thing that came to me when I was thinking about how I want to manage things and pretend that I know what's right. 
is yes. that I am terrified that things will happen over which I have no vote. Yes. And that's the story of our lives. Most of us, uh, I mean, certainly this was true for you. You know, as a child, you had nothing to say about all the major things that ever happened to you. Right. And there's your fear of survival. Right there. Yeah. So, um, I think we need to spend a minute talking about what we can do about that fear because uh, we don't have a lot of time left for today's show. Right, and I'm sure lots of people have this fear, whether it looks like something else or not. Absolutely. This is... This is critical. I mean, it, like from the beginning, from Amy talking about the loss of her health or James talking about the, you know, his losses, all of this is about loss of control, oh, the loss of control over someone's perception, uh, the, uh, the not being able to control whether or not people love you and want you enough to go looking for you, like in Anne's case, uh, the, um, the feeling, uh, and I'm sure we could connect that to Elizabeth Sue, but what I want to get into right now is how do we deal with all of that? And the first thing is to start talking about it. I would like to suggest, because not everybody has access to a therapist or a counselor to go over their fears, um, but everybody can write a journal and start looking at what is the reality of my current life and what was the reality of my past life that I could not control and how did that threaten me? In fact, I could say that in Elizabeth's case where uh, she was afraid that she wasn't unwanted, she could not change that, not until she got out of the womb. The whole time that she's in the womb, she cannot change the fact that people don't want her siblings don't want her, parents don't want her, or at least she perceives it as being that way. And it's a threat to her very existence if you're an unwanted child. So all of us are looking at the reality that there's things that are going to happen to us that we cannot control that threaten our existence. We can start writing about it, we can start talking about it, and then we can ask another question. And if my existence is threatened, what is my fear of that? Or supposing, like Amy was saying something about, you know, being homeless. And if you are afraid you're going to be homeless, what is the fear about that? And this is not a new technique. I mean, I think anybody who's been in the therapeutic profession has discovered this tool because it's just the natural thing. It's like, okay, James, uh, you're afraid of losing everything but your teeth, maybe. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And what is the fear about that? Hmm. Well, as I get more and more diminished, less and less functional, less and less of value, and ultimately a fear that uh, nobody will value me and I'll just uh, deteriorate away. Yes, and you'll be left, I mean, haven't we all seen it? People in nursing homes, you know, with bed Mm -hmm. sores, just Mm -hmm. drugged up because nobody wants to take care of them. Is that an irrational fear? No. I don't think so. Uh, you know, our, you know, we've talked before about the fear of uh, being thrown out of the tribe or being old and not being valued and having no value in our society. You know, that is a reality. Uh, it's a very, very tough thing to be, to have to face. Now, I could try to talk you out of that fear and say, well, 
you know, so that. So then you're going to die. What's your fear of death? You know, going to try to make that evaporate. I'm not going to do that because this is inside out and we're honest here. It is scary as heck to be alone and disabled and poor and just riding away. You have emotional pain, loneliness. You have physical pain, all of those kinds of things. You're a football player one day. You're, you get you know, a concussion-related uh, um, d- disease that looks a lot like uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. You know, uh, and you can't play football anymore. One day, you're a star. The next day, you're heading towards being a vegetable. What happened to all that adoration? You know, there has to be something inside of us that gives us value when nothing else does. And that's the only thing we can do. If we have a religious or spiritual belief system, we might be able to feel like, okay, I'm still important to God. If we have family that cares about us, we might still have all of that, even if we are decaying. And I can tell you one thing, if we walk around feeling sorry for ourselves and become nasty, people are really not going to want to take care of us (laughs) and are going to run for the hills. Um, But even if... You know, under all of these circumstances, there's one thing that is most important, is what value do we give to ourselves? And it's not a lot. And I would like to suggest that each one of us do some real soul searching. And we'll probably do more talking on Inside Out about these things, about why we don't value ourselves for just being, for our very existence. And in the Living with Reality book, free on the internet, just go to my website and get on my mailing list and you'll get this book. It's an ebook. Uh, and in the first chapter, Ego, Instinct, and Evolution, I talk about how I am meant to exist. And if we, I'm tell, read that, study that, go over it over and over and over. Remind yourself that no matter what the circumstances, I exist, I am meant to exist, and I have value. And see if you can't start feeling your own value. Let go of what the world thinks. Let go of what society values and say, I value myself. And if you don't value yourself, find out why and change so that you do. James, tell us what we're doing next week. We're almost out of time. Very good. Our next edition of Inside Out will be, There is no business as usual. Are you ready to stand for something? Many of us feel overwhelmed by the demands of daily life. We're already at our limit. Yet here's reality. Climate change is devastating our land with fire and drought. Violence is turning schools into war zones. Our political system is paralyzed. And more. We know we have to do something, but what and how? We already have too much to do, too much to think about, and too few answers. We don't have the time, the energy, or the inspiration to take on our world's problems. But can we afford not to? There is no business as usual anymore. There's no usual weather, usual public safety, usual conditions for our kids to grow up in. Our world is changing, and we have no say, unless we join with others and take a stand. What really stops us, and what can we do about it? So tune in next week, and let's uh, see what we can uh, come up with together. Let's, let's allow Beth to bring, bring her insights to help us become who we can be. And now a final word from Beth. You know, I'd like to say that this is very related to what Helen brought up 
uh, which is having no control, having no say in our lives. We don't have a say in our lives unless we say something, unless we take a stand. And there's so many fears that get in the way of that. So these two shows will really go well together. I invite you to come back next week. Listen to our show. Participate. Call in. We had somebody new call in today. She didn't die. We have, you know, people always, it's always somebody. uh, When somebody calls in the first time, it's always their first time. And we're going to take this on together and we're going to say one more thing. When you take a stand and you stand for something, and then you will feel more value in yourself no matter what happens. So we'll see you next time. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.